Welcome to the Omnitalk Ask an Expert series, the series where we regularly go around with a panel of experts to discuss how major trends are moving and shaping the retail and consumer packaged goods industries. I am your host, Chris Walton, one of the founders and the editor-in-chief of Omnitalk, and joining me today is Julian Mills, the CEO and founder of Corso. Julian, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you again. Chris, thank you very much. It's, it's great to be back. Yeah, man. I, I was looking back. At, I was looking back at my notes, and I think the last time I think we had talked or chatted. I mean, I think we've known each other for a while now, but I think the last time we had you on the podcast was around August, early September of last year. Yeah. Uh, and you introduced something that I thought was really important, something we've long espoused, and that was this idea of agile store management. And mm. so I called you up and said, "Hey, I want to talk about this regularly. I want to talk about this routinely because I think this is a really." important topic and I want to understand how it's moving uh, and you guys have actually been doing some cool work on not only you know I think leading the industry in terms of making this part of the discussion for retailers but also almost eating what you cook and, and tracking your progress on what agile store management means for the industry too which I which I think is fascinating so so we're going to try to get into that today for everyone listening but but Julian, let's bring everybody up to speed because not everyone probably listened to our first interview and I don't know why they wouldn't because it was amazing, but but let's assume not everyone has and let's give a little background. Why don't you talk a little bit about who you are and what Corso does? Yeah, so um, Chris, thank you for having me. I'm Julian Mills, CEO and founder of Corso. And Corso very simply is an agile stores app. So it's a store, it's, it's an app for helping you run your stores in a kind of nimbler, more data-driven, uh, simpler and more fun way. And, and what is it, Agile? And Julian, like, define the term for us too, like Agile store management. You know, what does that mean? Uh, from where is it born? Uh, yeah. I think it's a really it's, it's a really cool term, but it definitely has a lot of nuance to it. What does it exactly mean? Yeah, so it's a great question. So um, there's something very interesting happening in retail, as, as you and I've talked about before, which is that um, the role of a store is changing a lot. You know, as we've embraced a kind of more omnichannel right. future, uh, stores have had to become more of a kind of Swiss army knife. They're more kind of multifunctional. And so they're now not just a place of buying stuff, but you may be doing store picking, you've got focus curbside, you know, returns, service, et cetera, going on. And so stores are having to do an awful lot more. And, you know, store teams are having to do a lot more. Right. And so they're having to kind of respond much more nimbly in a much more kind of multitasking way to what's really going on in the store. And so the idea behind kind of agile stores is how do you get stores responding quickly to what's happening in the, on the ground? How do you get them fixing things that are going wrong quickly? And in particular, how are you using data to help target your teams on the kind of next best actions, which are really going to drive performance? And Julie, what is that? What is that term? What does that term come from? Like agile, because I love that. Yeah. I love the analogy used as a Swiss Army knife. In fact, I'm giving a, a keynote. Um, uh, yeah. from Manhattan Associates here soon, where I talk about the changing definition of the role of the store. I, I wish I actually had thought about using that, that analogy, because I think that's a good one to use. But, mm. but like, where, where does that term agile come from? Because if, if we are having to do all these different things, and we're having to iterate and move yeah. quickly, you know, what's the background there? Yeah, so I mean, clearly, you know, so we're a tech company. And so, you know, the, the word agile to us obviously comes from the agile manifesto that was written by software developers 20 years ago. Oh, okay. Um, and um, what those software developers did when they came together is they said, look, you know, the way that we've been traditionally making technology, making software doesn't work. 
work, you know, writing these kind of big sheets of instructions, handing them over to people and say, go and build this, is just too slow and too cumbersome. And the problem is by the time you've actually built what someone wants, <laughs> it's three years too late. Yeah, right, <laughs> and, right. and the world moved on. And so we have basically um, tried to kind of transpose that idea um, into the retail space. And I, you know, I think we're one of many doing it. But for us, um, there are some very important learnings that read across. And they're kind of four things. So the first one is around, you know, engaged store teams. So you don't just want kind of people dumbly executing. You know, you want smart, engaged people who care about driving performance, who are thinking every day about how to improve each bit of the store. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. that's one thing I think we've spoken about before, Chris. Yep. Um, I mean, the second one is, you know, if you're going to move quickly, you need people taking action on the ground and not just, you know, kind of looking at reports and going, oh, that's interesting. So it's, it's, it's a very pragmatic approach. Right. Um, the third one then is about learning from other stores, this kind of third idea. So, you know, don't just rely on the center to tell you what to do, but actually learn from each other. And the final one is kind of test and learn. So, you know, see if something works. If it does, do more of it. Got it. And that's and that's so that's all born again back from the software industry, like twenty yeah. years ago, saying yeah. development cycles were really long. You know, by the time you got this thing to market, it was already outdated because somebody else had started something a little bit later and was iterating in a different way. I mean, yeah. bringing that back to the analogy, like that's, I mean, that's really similar to what you're talking about in terms of stores and how they function. It's just you guys are saying you know, let's bring that methodology, you know, into that store yeah. management landscape. Cause you know, stores were prototype after prototype built and designed to do one thing, which was for the most part, have people come in and shop them. And now you're saying there's this Swiss army knife of activities that needs to happen. And so there has to be a different way to, 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 to think about the operations. Am I saying that back to you, right? Is there anything yeah, to add yeah, there? No, Chris, I think, I think you've said it perfectly. And, and I think, I think the hard thing is it's sometimes quite hard to kind of define this stuff. But what's interesting is there's a big survey done by Bain and Company, you know, okay. months ago, where they interviewed about 800 retailers. And they said, you know, what's different since the pandemic? And one of the most interesting findings, at least for me, was that about 72% of large retailers say they're trying to kind of run their stores in a more agile way. Right. And I think it was still at the early days of trying to kind of scope out exactly what that means. But there's clearly this kind of industry sentiment, which is, you know, hey, we just need to get a lot faster, a lot nimbler, a lot more responsive, you know, and we need a different kind of store ops for that. Does, it, does that resonate, Chris, with what, with what you're seeing? Yeah, I think it does. I, I, think, what, I think what's also funny about those surveys is like when you say, like, do you want to be more agile? It's like kind of one of those, who are the 30% that don't, right? It's like, that means like, I want to be more rigid. I want to be, I want to run my operations yeah. in a more rigid fashion. I, I think, yeah. that, I mean, I think that's really consistent with what I think you're seeing in principle. I think, and the reason I wanted to have you guys on the show and want to have you guys on the show again and again, too, is I think that the practice of agile, though, is really different than saying, like, I want to be agile. Right. Yeah. Those are two yeah. really different ideas when you get down to it. And making it happen is really the secret sauce in terms of, of where retailers need to go. I think they probably all want to go there. But how you get there is a, is a totally different question. How did you guys I mean, you're you're an ex McKinsey consultant. How did how did you guys decide, hey, you know what, there's this idea rooted in, you know, software theory around development. How did you guys ultimately remind, remind the audience, like, how did you ultimately say, okay, you know what, we see this kind of merging theory with stores and how they operate. How was that all born? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a great question. So we, I guess we originally came at this from a kind of more of an analytics angle. 
Okay. And essentially, we were running five years ago, we were running kind of big, big analytics, finding opportunities for uh, retailers to improve store, store performance. And then what we noticed was that kind of no one was doing anything five or six years ago. You know, you're finding all these kind of great insights. So um, they were thinking but, it, but they weren't doing it. There yeah, no exactly. Like exactly. And I think okay. that this is where, when people talk about analytics, for me, this is the problem about analytics. Okay. Know, analytics is great and it's kind of entertaining. We all feel very smart, but nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, and that to me was the kind of, you know, 2010s. Whereas I think where okay. everyone's going now is saying, well, that's great. But actually, the only people who can really drive stuff in stores are the store teams. And so we need to engage them. So we need to give them kind of smart, you know, analytics packed up, packaged up in a really simple way. And then get thousands of people to do the right thing at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. Right. Yeah. And, and that is really a kind of engagement problem. And it's a UX problem. Yeah. Got it. If that so makes sense. It does. So this is fast. I love this because when our conversations start going in this like history angle, that's like the yeah. best content that we ever do, which is like, okay, so you're basically saying like through 2010, you're seeing people want to go this way, like we were talking about before, but there was just, there were just inherent roadblocks. Like, you, like as a consultant, you weren't seeing people kind of move the needle in terms of making it a practice. And so you're saying, and, and based on the background, there was things you saw in terms of software development and how it could work. And you talked about UX, you talked about, you know, getting to the right people that you thought could help solve some of those issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you know, at a high level, the, the way I think about it is, you yeah, know, the 2000s were about okay. retailers collecting lots of data. Remember all that chat about big data and, right. you know, I've got more data than you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. At some point, they should have enough data, too. That's the other thing that I'm learning really quickly. It's like the data is out there enough already. We don't need more of it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so I think that, that was kind of like wave one, which is like, let's okay. gather the data. Let's put it in neat places, you know, get it tidied up, et cetera, visualize some of it using Tableau and stuff like that. Right. I think wave two was then, oh, let's hire lots of clever data scientists and other people to kind of, you know, look at this data. And they found lots of very cool stuff. But it was right. basically intellectual entertainment. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, okay. people cool. would find this stuff and they'd hand it on to the supply chain team or to the merch team or something like that and go, ha ha, look what I found. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was quite hard to point to things that people did differently as a result of that. Whereas I think now, you know, where we are is like, how do we operationalize those insights? thousands of times a day or a week, you know, across our entire retail operations. And that's really agile operations. And it's the blend of kind of the analytics and the kind of UX and engagement at the same time. Yeah, does that, okay. Chris, does that resonate? Yeah, man, I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I hope everyone heard that really clearly because I think what it shows to me too, is you, now you talk about the pandemic, yeah. you talk about the rise of omnichannel, really both happening at the same time. And then yeah. you have, localized differences in how retailers need to run their stores, uh, adapt their stores to what's happening. And yeah. I think the factors that come into play with what you described are now, you know, exponentially increased. And it actually becomes really, I think, really difficult for people to keep control of that in the ways that they were used to. So how, how has that played out in, from your vantage point over the last year in terms of what you've seen? against your theory of this kind of evolution in the space. You mean, how, what are people actually doing on the ground? You mean? Yeah, like what are, the, what are the types of things, like what, what are you seeing in terms of how they're trying to cope with what it is that you're talking about and the types yeah. of solutions that you're seeing people try to take to, you know, yeah. solve the answers that you're bringing up, so to speak. Yeah, so, so I mean, look, I say it's early steps. I think if you it's speak- It's still early, right? Yeah, 
very early. So I think if you speak to most, you know, re- CIOs of a big retailer, you know, 20 billion plus retailer, I think most people have this kind of vision, this nirvana they're trying to get to, which is in 10 years time, they want every one of their store colleagues to be getting kind of like real time alerts on exactly what they should be doing in that moment to kind of improve performance of the store. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everyone's kind of got this kind of common idea they're working towards. I think in practice, you know, to be blunt. Yeah, do you agree work- with that? I'm curious. Like, do you, do you think that's ultimately <laughs> the way, like, is that Nirvana or do you think there's something else there? Like, you know, do you think I, I think it's going to take a time to get there. I think yeah. if I'm totally honest, yeah. I mean, so, so our, our analysis suggests that there's about 20 things, at least from the kind of sales perspective, there's about 20 things someone could do a week to really materially drive sales. Yeah. At a store level. Yeah. At a store As level. an individual employee. Okay. Yeah. So about 20 things worth at least 200 bucks a week, something okay. like that. Okay. So, you know, obviously you can give people more stuff and more real time stuff, et cetera, but it's just that the impact of each of those ones drops a bit. Now, when you layer on, you know, some, you know, stuff actually to reduce shrink and to improve, you know, labor scheduling, et cetera. Maybe you get up to kind of 60, 70, 80 things, you know, and then you can add in some event driven tasks like, hey, you know, Chris has pulled up in the parking lot, you know, get his order. Um, but I, it's not clear to me that we're going to get to, you know, a new suggestion every kind of four minutes for someone. Yeah. Right. Where the whole day is just scripted out by alerts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that goes into your engagement, I think, theory yeah. too, a little bit. But okay. So, so yeah. So, okay. So that's their nirvana. Like, how do you see, and you say we're at the early yeah. stages. So, where, where do you see it going next? Yeah. So, so, I think what we see at the moment, and, you know, we're, we're probably about as advanced as anyone in this space, is um, technically, you know, you, it's quite easy to do quite a lot of that now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think most retailers culturally are kind of ready yeah. to, you know, keep it kind of at the store manager level for now, maybe push it down to kind of department head in the bigger store um, and maybe do kind of 10 things a week, 12 mm-hmm. things a week, a couple of things a day, something like that. And, you know, that feels pretty brave. Yeah. Right. And they and do they still want do – do you still see the bend too or even if those like 10 or 12 things they want to do a week, they're still kind of like – being centrally funneled through like HQ and there's visibility to it, or is, is that kind of lessening up too? What are you seeing? Yeah, I, I'm definitely seeing that that free up. So you are okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that that what what we're seeing is um, you know a much greater trust in tech and algorithms to kind of show people the right stuff. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, you know when we deploy into an organization, people spend a lot of time kind of going around in the first week or so going, is that right or is that right? You know, but once they kind of satisfy themselves on that, actually they're quite comfortable with that because of course the beauty of doing this all in the digital digital arena is you can actually measure very accurately what's working and what's not. And so if something's not working, you know what you've got to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, if, if you're sending out a couple of thousand actions or missions, you know, per week, Mm-hmm. to a bunch of stores and you see engagement drop off or you see the success rate drop off or the improvement drop off you know what you can pivot quite quickly right does that does that make sense chris it does and i think the other the other the other unlock for me too is i think as you're doing that you're also getting a sense of like what the risk is associated with those too so it can sound i think it can sound maybe like a little bit scary for lack of a better word to say okay we're going to decentralize control and operations downward from HQ as a retailer, but if you are thoughtful about what those actions are, it's actually really 
there's nothing to be afraid of because it's actions that you want people to be taking. It's the things that you want them to be doing on a regular basis. It's not things like, you know, like the actions you're taking in a store. I think people start to think of like, okay, I'm going to let everyone just start TikToking, right? That's, that, that's a different, that in a lot of ways, that's a different realm. It could be part, but it's a different realm than like inherently what you're talking about here. Am I thinking about that right? Yeah, no, no, exactly. I mean, clearly TikToking may be a great thing to do, but, but, you know, what, what, we're, what, what we're focused on is, you know, stuff like, hey, you know, you're selling 300 bucks fewer cookies this week than expected. Can you just wander down the aisle and check, you know, whether the signage is right, whether this is right, etc. You know, is the display tidy, you know, is on, on shelf availability all right? It's, it's that kind of stuff. It's, it's the type of thing they should be doing in their day-to-day job anyway. But we know how busy these guys are. Yeah? Yeah. And so really what you're trying to do is prioritize and focus where people spend their time. And then kind of measure and track the impact of what they do. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so, so you have been seeing, so you have been seeing across the industry, because you guys work with a lot of companies, you have been seeing kind of more of a receptive attitude to saying, okay, let's kind of ease up the the kind of command and control philosophy. Let's give people a little more autonomy to start playing around in these different spaces and, and to really see where the opportunities might come on a week to week basis, store to store, uh, employee to employee. So that, that is something you're starting to see loosening up. Where are we in that evolution? Are we like, you know, mile one of the marathon of, in terms of where you think this goes or, it, you know, how far, how much further do we have to go? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I think we are probably kind of mile one or mile two. Okay. It's very early. And I think the, the, the leadership here has been shown by the big retailers, you know, it's big retailers are up 15% or whatever on what they were last year. Right. You know, they're thinking, how do I reimagine my operations for the next decade? Okay. And that's that's kind of what they're doing at the moment. Will um, the will the big retailers be the ones you think push this forward? Like, do you think it's going to come from from that arena, or do you think it'll come from the small guys adapting this mindset as they as they go into stores or try to even compete with the big guys? Like, how do how do you see that playing out? Well, I mean, per- personally, I think it's 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 the big guys. I, I think what's interesting about the big guys is. Um, a lot of them are quite far down the road thinking about kind of tasks, event-driven tasks or stuff like that. And, you know, some of these people are building their own apps and so on because there haven't always been products in the market for that. Um, where they are much further behind, and I think where we fit in, is thinking about how you turn all those kind of terabytes of data into next best action. So the whole kind of analytics and reporting bit of it hasn't really fed in yet. That's a good point too. I hadn't thought about that too. Like actually in some ways they're almost set up for success to think more agile just because of what they have at their disposal and their capabilities too, in terms of trying to bring it all together and all the different ways, like you said, the stores can, you know, operate as a Swiss army knife, which isn't necessarily true of smaller companies. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, one of the things that I love about you guys too, is not only that like I could sit and talk like agile store management theory forever, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, which we've, which is, uh, which I just love doing, but like the, the other thing that you guys do, which I think is really cool is you try to eat what you cook. And mm-hmm. earlier this year, you guys started this new methodology that you call the agile store lab. Like, yeah. what is that? What is the agile store lab? Why did you do that? Explain that to everyone. Yeah, sure. So um, we are incredibly privileged in that we work with some very, very smart forward leaning retailers. And essentially, you know, we get to watch the, thousands, tens of thousands of actions that their stores take every week to try and drive performance in those stores. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it's kind of, you know, reduce damages or shrink or, you know, improve pick rates, etc. Um, and so the idea behind the Agile Stores Lab is really, you know, to, um, to try and uh, pull out key themes and insights from that that would be useful for the kind of retail industry as a whole. So we're investing some time, some effort, et cetera, into that. And starting to kind of pull out things that we think, you know, are not in any way kind of commercially sensitive, but are kind of like interesting um, for other retailers and the types of things they should be aware of and that, you know, might spark thoughts in their head. And Julian, are those like, so are, and are those like, so those are essentially like broad themes that you're seeing yeah. across the full data set that could be applicable to everyone to help understand kind of the ideas behind agile store management yeah. theory to say, okay, these are probably where you guys could find low hanging fruit too as an industry. Is that, is that right? Are you seeing consistencies across retailers as you do deployments yeah. too, in terms of what you are? Yeah, a, a lot of consistency. And I think, you know, we're seeing kind of four main ones, if that makes sense. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are those? Um, I know obviously more, but I mean, I, I think the first one is around, uh, you know, improving stores is now a local business. So I think maybe back in the eighties, you could kind of, you know, drive big improvement by getting a thousand stores to do the same three things every day. Right. But now what we're seeing is, you know, the next wave of improvement opportunities are kind of local to a store. Yeah. So as I said earlier, every store has got kind of 20 opportunities at least, of you know two hundred dollars up a week, um, but you know eighty percent of those are specific to kind of fewer than three stores. Really? Okay. Yeah. So it's very, very, you know, very, very unique and specific. You know, this store needs to focus on selling more bananas. This store needs to focus on selling more mops. It's 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 very different. Yeah, which makes which makes sense when you think about all the things that go on inside of a store, you yeah. know, and then the fact the local differences and factors and all that in terms of little things yeah. being able to move to you know. But I mean, you've mentioned it a few times. Maybe that's a motif here too. Like, is that something you consistently see too? That it's actually small actions versus the larger scale actions from above that also matter. Does does the does does the the address for lab tell you that as well? Like, what is that part of this? Am I thinking? Am I hearing you right when you say those things? Yeah, I mean, so so clearly, you know, very big changes like opening a store or launching kind of new category in the store or something like that obviously have a huge impact. Yeah? Right. And I don't, yeah. you know, clearly we'd all agree on that. Yeah. But I think what we are that's almost like a different conversation, yeah. right? Like that's almost yeah. Okay. But I, I think what we are seeing is that by getting each store to focus on just completing a couple of actions each each day or each week, you can actually drive really quite sizable improvement. Yeah, very, very quickly. So, you know, I was having a conversation the other day with a, a VP of store ops who was like, when you first started speaking to Julian, I thought you were basically full of crap. <laughs> because I go into my stores and they look great. Yeah. Yeah. And here were you, you were you saying, well, you know, you can do that. That's going to sell you sell an extra two hundred and that, you know, etc. And I think what's interesting, you know, three months later, she's saying, no, actually, you're right. You know, and that that particular retailer is up about three percent, you know, in sales, and that you know, from 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 this this approach, um, and that's not atypical. You know, you're not going to get twenty percent, but you'll probably get somewhere between kind of two and five pretty quickly within a month or two. What's an example of like a, to set the perspective, like what's an example of like a small action like that, that you took in exam, in, in that specific anecdote where you saw things move the needle in ways that people didn't expect? 
Yeah, so, I mean, look, look, there are hundreds. I mean, just, just to give you a very basic one, yeah. um, you know, hey, you're not selling many cookies. I was talking about this earlier. <laughs> you go into the store and actually the cookies are hidden by the pillar and no one can find them. So, you know, what you then do is split the pentagram, cookies on each side of the pillar, sales go up 280 bucks or so. Yeah. So that would be one. Another one is signage. Yeah. Oh, so so okay. one of the things we find interesting, is, I'm sure you know, is every retailer across North America is suffering with kind of out of stocks at the moment, or most for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone, you know, store ops, you know, bet noir out of stocks at the moment. What we actually see in the data is improving availability is great, but actually improving signage, yeah, and improving display has a bigger impact on sales. Yeah. And yep. we think we're not totally sure about this. And I love your view on this. Yeah. We think it's because if you improve signage and display, you convert the customer, whereas otherwise there's a risk they just bounce straight out of the store. Now, I love what you just said, man. I think that's, I think that's dead right. When I was running stores uh, for Target, like I always used to say, you know, a sign is the most important thing you can do. Putting a sign on the right product is the most important thing you can do in a given day. Like you're going to see at least a 20% gain on that because you're dealing with the psychological impact of conversion. You're helping someone feel like they're going to get a deal. And that's more valuable than just the out of stocks. Out of stocks almost a lot of times are talked about too much. You need to make sure the inventory is there, but once it's there, like how are you making sure it converts? And you're right, right? Presentation, right? Signage. And that was the stuff I used to help a lot of people with from my experience at HQ and it it actually played out a lot and the teams loved it um, as well. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, I think that's a a fundamentally, uh, you know, great example. What else are you guys learning about though with the Agile Store Labs? You mentioned a few different, you said there were a few, a number of things. Yeah, I, so, so, so I think this, the, the second thing I'd say, or another thing I'd say is, um, you know, in a sense, one needs to think about running your stores in a slightly different way. When you're getting people to take hundreds of actions a week, yeah. you know, this is about, get, uh, it's about getting a portfolio of actions to be successful rather than any individual success action to be successful. So, you know, on average, something like 80 to 90% of all actions actually improves the performance, you know, of, of, of that store. And by the way, the average improvement is remarkably stable, you know, and this is what's cool. So if you look at any particular retailer, week on, week out, you know, the average improvement from every action is typically around 200 bucks. Yeah, per week. Okay, wow, really? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, obviously that's 10,000 bucks a year. And so, you know, if you can just get them to improve, and um, keep at that level, you can drive really quite a lot of improvement quite quickly. Huh. So this is like long tail. I mean, this is like, long- I'm starting to think long tail is like a universal truth of life. Like I'm almost like starting to wonder that. Like, so you've got a little bit of like a long tail dynamic going on here with actions. I, mean, I was just telling somebody the same thing with content. Somebody was thinking about starting up their own content. I was like, look, you know, at the end of the day, it's how much content you put out, the better quality, of course, but like, you know, no one reads it if you don't do it. And so like, and, the, and those, increases in activity play off over time. That, that's that's what you're saying here. It's almost like no different yeah. than long tail e-commerce or that type of theory. That's the same way stores behave, you're saying, from the yeah. action that employees can take. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes back to what we were saying a little while ago, which is, you know, we don't see, I, I don't know if we're going to get to a world where people are taking a different action every five minutes. Right. Or what we can say is, or you know, the more actions people take, you know, improvement just goes like that. So if you take two actions a week, you're going to get 4,000 bucks of improvement, you know, per store per, per week. You know, if you take um, 
you know, seven actions, you're pro- sorry, five actions, you're probably going to get seven or 8,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's pretty linear. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's important too what you said too, because it's not about just creating this like linear, just get people to do more and more and more. It's also about yeah. what are the right things to do within the data analytics to observe over time iteratively like a piece of software yeah. as well, right? Like, are you seeing things there in, in that regard as well through, through this reporting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, probably about 20%, 25% of the kind of actions that are suggested to people. You know what? Someone looks into it and they go, well, maybe I understand what's going on here, but I can't do anything about it. Yeah. And that intel is also really important because if you think about it, when you bubble that up from thousands of stores, you get a really interesting insight at, you know, at the center about what's really happening in your stores each week. Yeah. But, you know, so, you, really, you know, one doesn't always get it right, but even with the kind of like, you know, stuff that people can't actually, you still get useful intel. Got it. Got it. How, does it how, how are you seeing that work in practice too, in terms of like the feedback loop between the leadership and the store level and that leadership could be at the store level or even at the HQ level? How are you seeing that play out over time as, as you're thinking about this? Yeah, so Chris, it's really interesting. I, I think um, when we started this business, we hadn't realized quite what a vital role I think DMs and you know regional directors and people like that play. Oh, okay. Super, super. I mean, obviously, I knew they were important. Cool. But, My job mattered yeah. in the past. I love it. <laughs> but exactly. But um, but I think what's what's interesting about them is they are they in a sense set the rhythm for the whole organization. So, you know, it's very easy for store managers to get kind of distracted by something else that happens. Mm-hmm. But you know, your DM's role is to improve the performance of the stores. And so in a sense, it's their job to kind of own this process and drive it. Yeah? Yeah. And it's really, really important. I love that because actually there's not a lot of autonomy necessarily in that job either. And so that kind of makes the kind of mental image to me of the DM almost as kind of the person in the back of the of the raft with kind of the aura that's just yeah. steering it in one direction to the other. Everyone up in front is rowing and taking these different, you know, yeah. actions, so to speak, these missions, so to speak. And it's that person's job to shepherd them in the right direction and track them. And, and this is yeah. a tool and a system to do that. that that's a yeah. that's a, it's actually a really, that's a cool visual that actually helps me a lot. Um, all right, man. Well, that, that, this has been a great conversation. I mean, uh, let's call it like, where are things going next? So like, you've got, you, you know, you, you, you've, you're, you're working on everything we talked about, the Agile Store, the Agile Store Lab yep. idea as well. Where are you guys taking things next? Yeah, so I, I think, um, to be honest, to other use cases. So you know, oh, okay. we can... We typically start off kind of working to try and improve sales and, you know, maybe damages or waste or something like that. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, retailers now kind of going, no, 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 we want to put a lot more data through this. Yeah. So um, particularly the BOPIS metrics, you know, picking, mm. you know, SLA metrics, um, particularly labor, but I think for a very different reason from in the past. So I think in the past, it was like, where can we take labor out? Whereas I think there's a sense now that, you know, labor is ah. really pretty tight in all retailers and where should we be adding a little bit more bang. Interesting. Um, That's fascinating too, when you start talking about like AI and its evolution, I'm, you know, I keep yeah. hearing that more too, where it's not about the replacement, it's about the redeployment. So you're saying yeah. that this type of system and methodology actually helps figure out the answer to where the redeploying should happen too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's, I think within the agile stores, you know, methodology, yes. Yeah. I, and I think also thinking about, you know, which staff you have on when and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You can get really quite sophisticated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, no, that's, I got to imagine, yeah, there's got to be a, 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 there's a, 
there's probably a ton of use cases around things that we've never even talked about in terms of a store operation, in terms of where they can have, may have focus or not. Um, yeah. you know, even as you start thinking about like sustainability and the efforts around there and how complicated yeah. that can get and what really moves the needle and what doesn't. Interesting. What, um, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward already to the next time. Cause I think in the interest of time, we've got to cut this one, you know, we've got to cut this one off at some point, but like, where, where, what do you think you're going to be talking about the next time we get together? Like, what, where, what's your prediction for, you know, what you're going to see the industry doing in regards to this space and the types of things they're going to be concentrating on? Yeah, it's, it, it's a great question. Um, so I think that um, there's going to be a lot more talk about kind of UX and engagement. I think okay. we're also going to see a you know engagement of, of kind of store teams. I think we're also starting to see a really interesting debate about kind of who owns the eyeballs of the store manager. Okay. You know, is that um, uh, you know is is, is that um, you know a portal, for example, that you know the retailer themselves has built? Is it task management? That everything else feeds into. Is it you know something like Microsoft Teams? You know, there's a lot of kind of questions about like how do we kind of bring all this together in one place oh my um, god. so i think that's quite interesting oh my god dude you can't bring up a nugget like that right at the end holy cow yeah okay we're gonna have to talk about that next time that's so you're saying like the combination of ux then in terms of like ownership and leadership responsibility within that overall experience design of how all of this comes out that's kind of the next frontier yeah. we're starting to see you've got the early test you've got the early testing like you said we're in the early stages of this and now yeah. it's about kind of smoothing the edges around that concept. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I think, and I think also, Chris, I mean, really interesting point. I love your view on this is yeah. we think there are a lot of people kind of plunging ideologically into this space, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily checking what works. And so in part, what we're trying to do with Agile Stores Lab is, you know, be transparent about what's working, what isn't. So retailers can kind of get better. Because my worry is that people are going to kind of invest lots and lots of money in this space and lots of time. And they're going to bury things that don't work. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, we miss out on a couple of years growth. Yeah, I think that, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest, I think that's, I, that's why I think we write what we do and do the and do the content that we do. I mean, I think that's the biggest issue that I see consistently across the industry is like, and that's what I think Amazon is so great at that. I always bring them up, but like they, they commit to the science of learning. Yeah. And I think when you talk about anything that it's at its early stages, you have to commit to that. And that's yeah. and, and you commit to the process of, of of the lessons you can gain along the way. And so often it's like, OK, I'm just going to do this one point in time thing, see how it goes. All right. Yes. Success. Now let me move on to the next implementation or thing that I can get credit for is you know, X, Y, Z executive in some organization. Whereas it's not. it's more about, OK, you fundamentally believe in this mindset. It takes a while to learn to ride a bike. Let's start riding that bike and get in that, get going yeah. in that direction. And everything else will fly off that, right? Then you, you can ride the bike to whatever location you want. You can have your friends ride a different bike with you. I mean, I could go on and on about that stuff, but like, yeah, I, I think you're bringing up a huge point, man. Dude, I'm psyched to have you back. Yeah, let's 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 even remember. We should put a pin in that and like make sure that. Um, we start our conversation and, um, you know, more towards the back half of this year when we get back together again around kind of how the UX and the organizational theory uh, is yeah. playing out around this. Yeah. I think that would be cool. But in the meantime, there's probably people that want to learn uh, what you have to say about that already because that's kind of a big tease. But if people want to get in touch with you, Julian, like what's the best thing for them to do? How should they do that if they want to talk about that more? Yeah, Chris, so um, simplest is probably just connect with me on LinkedIn. 
So Julian Mills um, on LinkedIn, of course. So. Um, or alternatively, um, go to our website and you can get in touch there. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Well, hey, you guys heard it here. Just get in touch with the man directly. We love that. That's like our favorite thing when people say that. So uh, again, Julian Mills, founder and CEO of Corso. For everyone listening, we hope you really enjoyed this conversation. I thought it was a really great conversation, something that we really believe in, which again is the theory around agile store management. Say it every week, it's still really important as we go and, or as we get closer to the end of this pandemic, hopefully, fingers crossed, be careful out there.